Curva Mundial listeners can get 20% off their next order at Football Devotion. For football designs with a difference, head over to footballdevotion.com and use code CURVA for 20% off your order. That's code CURVA. Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono, and I am joined by the drummer of one of my favorite bands, Editors. Please welcome to the show, musician and Ipswich Town fan, Ed Lay. Welcome, Ed. Thank you so much. I think it probably should be Ipswich Town fan and musician. Or, or, or actually, probably Ipswich Town fan and drummer, because I've always got a bit of a problem with being called a musician, because I can't play shit, so... Well, I, I don't know. You play the drum. Look, I can't keep a beat. So, and the fact that you can and you do it in such a really wonderful way and really good fashion and in a very cool band, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with musician here. All right, cool. I'll take it. I wasn't angling for compliments, but I'll I'll take it. Thank you, man. And and it's a pleasure to be here. It's good, good, um, good podcast. Great idea. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm happy that you can come on and discuss all things Ipswich and editors. So let's dive in. So how did you become an Ipswich Town supporter? Well, I was born like a stone's throw away from from um, Portman Road, and I went to school actually on Portman Road. My my um, junior school was on the same street as the Ipswich Town uh, Mecca. So, and also when I was growing up, my mum my mum was a school teacher. And she uh, taught at a school, at the same school as Elsie um, uh, Robson, which is Bobby Robson's wife. So we kind of we we kind of met him occasionally. And then what I remember one summer when he was going out for a job interview interview in Porto, he uh, they we actually looked after their dog, <laughs> which oh was totally random. I, so I've dined out on like that for forever, you know, looking after Bobby Robson's dog for a couple of weeks. <laughs> while he was going to go for his his job interview interview in Porto so yeah it's pretty pretty nuts that all right so before i get into my regular fan base questions not often do you get someone that watches the the pet of a legend yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so how old were you at the time and were you thinking like oh man like i have to make sure that this dog doesn't get like some sort of infection, hurt, lost, um, you know, <laughs> sick. Like, do you, uh, well, luck, luckily, I, I mean, I was too young to have any responsibility, so <laughs> it was it was all down to my mom and dad. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he was called Roger. So Roger Ro- Robson was guest of our guest of honor in our house. You know, I mean, Ro- Bobby Robson. He was. You look. You look back, back at the way he talks about football and. and you see the clips from when, especially when he was manager of England or Newcastle, and the passion he has for the game is unreal. It's just unreal. I say I say that because when he was manager of Ipswich, there's there's obviously a few interviews, but it wasn't you know half as well broadcast as it was now. Uh, and um, so when you see the sort of him talking about how Newcastle play the game and how he wants you know the atmosphere. To be created it just it's mind-blowing to have somebody with so much passion so just yes yeah, great he, what a dude yeah what a dude is right and to also know that he never got it doesn't seem like he ever got jaded by it because often you can find players and managers and and everyone experiences this at some point in their career a bit of burnout like yeah this is the thing that i know i'm known for this is the thing that i did in life and it made me money and i can live really well yeah. 
Yeah. But like, I don't know if I love it anymore. And the fact that, as you write, like as he got older, he carried on and still seemed to really, really, truly love it. Absolutely. Honestly, yeah. And you can tell there's there's a breed of people like that. You know, you you see like um, Roy Hodgson coming back into management right now. Yes. You know, going back to Crystal Palace, and he's. I don't know how old he is. Is he, is he 80? He's, he's, he's close. He's up there. He He's in his definitely his late 70s. Yeah. So just just to be able to do that and to want to do that. And, and obviously he can't kind of function without it in the day to day grind of managing a football team, which is it must be so hard. You know, just I mean, the players are like 20, They you know. So how how do you have a relationship like that? But I think it speaks volumes about people like that. that they they manage to kind of break that barrier down you know the, the especially yeah. the age barrier, and just have that kind of empathy for you know the kids kids that are growing up in the, the academies and going through to the, the the main football teams they 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 don't have anything in common with Roy Hudson apart from football but obviously the way he can transmit and, and translate his views and his his views on stuff to them is that's an impressive feat altogether you know barring the fact that he's a he's a great coach I never ever thought of that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because it is something that you need that a, play, a great player will have a great connection with a great manager, and yeah. that's what you know obviously makes them so well. And sometimes you'll often see a player leave a team, go to another club, and like, why didn't it work out? Why didn't you know? I I think of Andrei Shevchenko, prime example, like a powerhouse mm-hmm. at AC Milan goes to Chelsea for under Mourinho and you would think that he's only going to get better and it yeah. didn't work out that way or you see Lukaku you know and in, in, I guess in the modern era you know Antonio Conte had revitalized his career he did well under Mourinho at United but has kind of struggled you know without those types of like very type a personality managers so you have to sit and wonder what does a 20 year old going to take from someone who could potentially be their grandfather or great granddad. And, you know, yeah. if, if they're open to it, cause again, when you're 20, you're kind of cocky about things. Like I, I know everything, but if they're open to it, there's a lot of wisdom that can come from that. And I wonder if for on Hudson's part, or even like Bobby Robinson, as he got older, if they ever thought about it as almost like babysitting, almost like dog sitting, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should imagine so to a certain extent. Um, but you, you know, I, I, it, it is purely down to their drive and their passion towards the game that they want to. They just want to be able to translate to these kids, you know, and that's that's remarkable. For sure. As a kid growing up, as you said, a stone's throw away from the Mecca of Ipswich Town. Yeah. What was that like? What was that like seeing the team truly embedded in your community? Yeah. And and that's kind of the joy of a small town club, um, because, that you know, we, we got days when occasionally people that the, the team did come in, you know, like players, the odd player came in, just gave a little football session and, and say hi to everyone. Um, they were touchable. In, back in the 80s, you know, the 80s, really, and early 90s, it, it seems obviously the advent of the Premier League and the huge amounts of cash that's sort of in, in flux into it, that's got away from us a little bit. And I think, obviously, we'll probably talk about the, the way Ipswich has changed over the last couple of seasons with a new ownership. And, and there's definitely a new outlook. And I feel like they're trying to get some of that back. You know, they've reintroduced kind of like a, 
Hall of Fame kind of thing, and they're inducting people that older players are coming back, and they're making more of a thing about the connection with them, and they're trying to get out into the community more, and that purely leads to a stronger club. It it leads to more goodwill around the town for for the team to do well. It it leads to more people engaging in uh, even in social media and and trying to promote the team like this. And it's made me much more connected i mean i know we've been down in league one now for a few seasons i feel way more connected to the, and i don't even live in ipswich i i feel far more connected to the club now than i did since i was a kid wow wow mm. when you saw okay so now this is this is great to like touch on because you lead me right into a very good part here where the advent of the premier league in 1992 mm. all this money comes in this this new form of how the English are going to watch soccer, but almost in an American way. Football, sorry, football. Soccer's cool. In a, in a very, in a very American fashion, where it's going to be, there's going to be games on Monday nights. There's going to be games sprinkled throughout the weekend, and there's TV push, and there's going to be fireworks and whatever mumbo jumbo that'll go on at the stadium to get people there. But as you know, the decade goes on and where we are today, that this financial institution of money just being spent in such ridiculous fashion, do you see for teams like Ipswich, do you get worried about them that, well, mm. well what about us? Like, well, well, wait a minute. Like, we were part of this too, and we have a storied legacy. In fact, a yeah. much more storied legacy than some of you new money clubs if you will uh what about us do you get nervous that like they're not only going to fall by the wayside that they could go into almost redundancy uh down the road if they don't you know get their act together yeah oh of course i mean i mean we we very we slept walked for the last kind of 10 to 15 years into <laughs> mediocrity and then demise you know getting relegated the assets of the club just weren't there there was no connection yeah all those parachute payments go um you are completely you you drive yourself into a position of you have to inject x amount of money like huge huge amounts of money just to become competitive and then it's all at a toss of a coin anyway you, right. you know trying to get you know you can you can invest heavily but get unlucky or just be a bit bad or choose the wrong manager or choose the wrong players for a couple of seasons and it's all knackered so it yeah, it's such a weird thing because football fans get really upset about and they've got so many p opinions on all the every minutiae of how your club is run or how the players are playing or how how this you know who's playing and what setup and what formation and stuff but actually there's there's nothing you can do about it, and it's not your money at the end of the day. It's just a club that you're sort of connected to by either location or just some random sort of you're led into it through a friend or family member or something. So really, it, it's a funny because I I sort of mentioned about being connected and ownership of it, but actually we have no ownership of it. It's not ours. There's there's this sort of odd business sort of thing in the background going on. I don't yeah. Oh, man, I've kind of lost track of what I'm saying because I've, I've sort of confused myself on the issue. No, of, but do I club or do I not? You know, <laughs> it is it is it is a weird, almost Shakespearean thing that to be or not to be. It's like, do I own or am I? You know, because you make a great point though, and I never thought about it. The fans 
we as fans that love this game and love support the club will take that ownership as just like, well, this is ours and it belongs to us. Yeah. But only in our soul, not on paper, not at the bank, not anywhere else where it actually counts, if you will. You know, we get to celebrate and we also get to cry and despair when things don't go away. But you make a good point. Like, who owns the club? Like, yeah. what, what, what is ownership in football in the modern world now? Well, I think so. So you you initially asked me, like, am I worried about kind of going out yeah. off the edge of the cliff into oblivion? And that kind of I'll get back. I'll try and get back to that. So, yeah, the new owners, right, over the last couple of seasons, they've been brilliant. They've, in, they've invested superbly, I think. And, uh, you know, the, the playing styles change. Everything about the club has just is nowhere near where we were a couple of years ago. And it's fantastic. But then we went on this really poor run throughout the middle of the season where we couldn't really win a game. We wouldn't, we weren't getting beaten. We were just drawing all these games that we were supposed to be winning. And the fans, because we we over those 20 years, we've been nervous and we've just been cajoled into averageness. We know, we kind of expected, we knew what would happen. So we were sort of browbeaten by constant... Um, mediocrity and then so the owners were like well hang on a minute why are you getting upset like they they were they they were sort of saying to the media like why don't fret about it you think of how much we've changed since last time and then you kind of the the media and the the fans would go back to them and say well hang on a minute you've just come into this project it's great thank you very much but you've come into it two years ago and we've had 20 years of you know, getting to a point, seeing false dawns, and then everything goes into the precipice after that. So they, they, I think they have to understand it's not just about the here and now. There is, there's always the past for a football fan that runs through you, whether it's success or failure. You know, you see Man United, who've been mm-hmm. unbelievably successful. So they believe they should be successful every season. And then they have that period of like kind of madness over the last five, six years where they've been completely all over the place. They've been like pretty madcap because the fans are just so used to being the best, always the best being having the manager to, to drag them through all these, any, any obstacle and he could do it to have that taken away and all of a sudden rebuild. It's hard. So yeah, history always lit, you know, is is at the back of the fans head and i think because of that that is the that's kind of what i mean about the ownership you go through it for so long you do feel such a part of it and then probably why i'm having my kind of rebirth in feeling so uh obsessed with the club at the moment nice okay so the club was founded in 1878 and currently playing league one which is the third tier of the english football pyramid for a team, as we talked about, with such a vast history, what's it like seeing them in the third tier? Um, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> the thing is that about the third tier at the moment is there are it's like a two-tier league. Um, you've got the bottom ten of whatever teams who are kind of rubbish. And then you've got some really big historical clubs, Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley. Uh, Derby County, Ipswich Town. It's hard. It's really hard. And and also you get like 
everybody you beat everyone at the bottom but then everyone at the top is always winning every week as well so you've got this kind of it's it's really hard and it's everyone says it, it's really hard lead to get out of but you've got to get used to play in in a manner that's both really physical but then you can outplay and pass through um the the teams at the higher end of the league so it's kind of i've got used to it and we're getting huge crowds at the moment right. which is pretty spectacular you know our stadium holds about 29 to 30,000 people we've regularly had a few sellouts over this season which is insane for league 3 yeah um but um yeah uh what it it's sad that we're there i every every football fan has a chip on their shoulder and they would say that their fans deserves to be at the top so i believe we should be at least championship pushing for premiership of course but there's you know 30 40 teams that think that way um but it's it, it, i'm having fun well that that's and that's all that matters um it's it is beautiful though to see that it doesn't matter if you're playing in the rain the wind the snow uh it's the fans in england as you know or across the uk i should say because mm. we see it in wales as well and in scotland they constantly show up as you said you had a few sellouts this season which is incredible so what's the ambience like on game day inside that stadium oh it you know it's it's not um kind of totally oppressive because okay. it's, it's very much a family club like honestly it's like nans dads and granddads and um and 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 it's so because of that you're never going to get this like vociferous atmosphere and the acoustics aren't amazing but it is it's an old-fashioned stadium it's not a tin box that's all the same level all the way around it's all the stands were built in different eras and and there's a charm to it and it, it can be rocking if there's something that if there's something that's important if there's a match that's important it can be really really just amazing and i I loved it. I loved going when I was a kid, especially on sort of night games because yeah. that atmosphere when the lights are on and you and the smells are different and the sounds are and it it just feels it feels more of an event and that's the way I sort of really remember going to to see my football as as a kid mostly. That's beautiful. I really love that. You know, it's it paints such a picture that so often now we see stadiums that are so state-of-the-art and revolutionary and almost look like something out of Blade Runner rather than something yeah, that, yeah. Out of, that should be a football ground, which is great. I'm not knocking them at all. I think they're wonderful, you know, especially the high-tech stuff that's been going on. But to see a calculated throwback, like where Ipswich play, where now everybody, you know, thanks to the FX series, everyone's fallen in love with Wrexham. You know, and watching yeah, yeah. play at the race course, uh, or Stadium of Light, where uh, Sunderland play, thanks to the Netflix series. When you get to see more of an insight into smaller clubs and seeing that their stadium is also a piece of history and a piece of town, yeah. um, you know, do you feel that that also adds to the charm and the appeal? to the team that hey look you're gonna step you're not just gonna walk into a swanky place you're walking into the a history here yeah and uh, of course and and what i think is crucial to all of this as well is location so for us we are 
are so lucky as a club because our our stadium is right in the middle of town. So you've got you get off the train, and you so the, between the train station and the town centre is the stadium. So as soon as you get off the train, you see it, you walk towards it, and then from town, it's it's only ever a five minute walk from from town. So that is so much nicer than having to get a car out to an industrial estate on the edge of a town for me. And I've been to plenty of those sort of boxy grounds, <coughs> Derby, um, or, <coughs> you know, <laughs> I could go, <laughs> Reddit, Reading is the worst, um, on the outskirts of town. <laughs> um, and they're just, it's weird. It's like going to an Ikea, but, um, to be, to be able to go to a pub, you know, your favourite old pub in the town centre, meet your friends, then just tip on up to the Portland Road. Um, the One of the greatest things, something quite famous very, for, for Ipswich Town fans, they will know what the security announcement sounds like, because when you're walking down to the, you're just in town centre, you'll just hear this, this, and it says, welcome to Portland Road. This sound, woo, 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 indicates an important announcement. And it's like it's become folklore, and it, and I look, I love that. I love the hearing that being tested on the start of a Saturday. It just, it just immediately like, oh, football, let's go. <laughs> it, it's it's football's equivalent to Pat loves dogs. You know, they hear the whistle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. Totally. Um, you know, the team is based in Suffolk. What does it mean to come from that part of the UK? Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a, so it's a funny it's a funny area because it's about it's about an hour on the train from London. So you get it's it's not the biggest commuter town, but it's got areas like people. You get some commuters uh, going to London doing trading and stuff. But it's not not Essex. It's not as close as Essex. It's not that. It's not as far away as Norfolk, which is beautiful and broad. So it's not that. It's kind of it's flat. It's agricultural. There's not a lot going on. Ipswich as a town has kind of gone down a little bit in the last few years as well. It's just a bit, it's it's like any old town in England. It looks the same. The You know, business has gone out of it a little bit. Not much is going on. So the, the, the club is, to me, the biggest pull of that okay. town. And if my parents weren't sort of nearby still, that would be the only thing that, that would take me back there. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. You know, I'm doing this. I'm, I am doing Suffolk a disservice because it is actually quite pretty. But okay. it's, very, it's very rural and there's not there's there's not a lot that goes on there. OK, which is fine. Yeah, for sure. Um, not every place needs to be, you know, a hop in, you know, Manchester yeah. in the 90s or 80s. Um, exactly. You know, now I want to just talk about the band for a minute. Editors are from uh, the Midlands. They were formed in Birmingham. You came into the band and. 2003 how did you link up with them yeah oh we all lived in the same house together we we all went to university uh yeah all went to university together and as part of our course we were doing like a music tech course they were there was um some of the people put bands together and that was how the editors originated how editors originated and then when the guys when we all finished university we were all going to go our separate ways i didn't have a clue what i was going to do um and they they were like well i think we're going to carry on the band and try and make a go of it because things was yeah they they were good they they had some really good songs tom had just this amazing voice and something about it you could tell it was going to work 
Yeah. And they said, right, we're going to move to Birmingham. And the drummer at the time, who we also lived with, um, we were all in the student house, um, just, just for various reasons, didn't want to carry on. Um, and so because they knew I used to play in bands when I was growing up, I just said, do you want to, do you want to try? So I went up to Birmingham for rehearsal, a couple of rehearsals straight away, did a couple of gigs that weekend, and the rest, as they say, is is history. Wow. You know, one of the biggest and best things that happened when you arrived was the change of the name in the band. Yeah. So tell us the original band name and how did that change? Oh, there was there were a few. Oh, okay. Well, the Pride was the original band name, I think. Uh, and then when we were kind of in Birmingham, the, the band was called Snowfield. And then that was up, that was kind of up until we pretty much signed our record deal. And then we're like, right, we're going to be putting out a record. Is this, and it's going to be forever then. That'll be your forever name. So you kind of got all the time in the world to make sort of fumble around and, and play with stuff before then. But as soon as you put your name out, on a record sleeve, that's it. You can't really go back and change it because everyone will get confused. So we decided we we're like, we need a more of a label. We need more of a something an identity. And I think we just, you know, messed around in the same way as most bands do and tried to find a name and 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 it stuck. I like it. it. You know, it works out really well. You know, Tom Smith is famously an Arsenal supporter. What is it like having? Your club sweated out in tier three while you, the singers club might actually win the Premier League this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're doing so well. I don't really watch a lot of Premier League. Oh, okay. Um, not, I, I just, uh, like I say, uh, there's not there's not enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of watch match of the day occasionally on a Saturday night, which is great, which is like the um, magazine show of the, of the day's highlights um, for the Premiership, which is cool. But I don't, I don't I've rarely watched live matches um but they're they're doing they're wonderful they've got some amazing players i think Saka's just a joy to watch he's yeah the way he plays is, is is top there's a few teams that are sort of represented in our in our band it's so tom's arsenal russell's aston villa oh okay Elliot, elliot's liverpool fan <clears throat> and ben our new kind of newest addition he's a west ham fan so there's so they're all up there and i'm just <laughs> and you're holding <laughs> it down wallowing away down in league one so but they, they, they it's nice we always try try and do the magic weekend where every one of our club wins yes. and I, I don't think it's ever happened because oh. <laughs> it's always like especially with the premiership they're all funny game times and stuff and so maybe there's a week where everyone's winning everyone's won and then like liverpool were playing at 5 p.m on the sunday and you're like come on come on elliot and then they, they've been so bad this season they just stuff it up and, oh. and 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 we miss out on our on our, our golden ticket i want the magical weekend to happen uh and when when it does happen please take a photo because i want to see smiling faces of all you guys it sounds awesome that sounds like the, sure. so do sure. you all, you'll get it thank you thank you does it get um do you find time like i know there is not enough time between touring and recording and just living personal lives and doing personal endeavors and just you know just being you yeah is it do you still get enjoyment or do you guys still find time to like go hang out at the pub watch a match or two or in this case six um <laughs> or try and get that six in like you did i'm assuming like when you were younger 
because it sucks getting old because yeah. i even find that with my own mates where it's just like i'm pushing 40 and it's just like oh we used to do this all the time and it's so hard to do it now yeah uh, but have like going on tour or or rehearsing for example we we always find that football is the thing that will connect us the most so it's nice. you know, it's the thing that we everyone talks about the most it's the easy thing to go to if there's like a lull. You know, we know everything about each other because we've known each other for so long, but football is that thing that you can just mention, spark a conversation about. Um, and we always we always tend to go out and watch sort of European games in midweek or whatever. We've been to matches live together um, quite a lot. Um, one of the best things, we went to see Inter Milan play in San Siro. We went it's sort of back in the early days. And I've been to LA Galaxy with with Chris. We went, we went to um, just some recording actually a few years ago in LA and what on our day, we only had like one day off mid midway through and um, LA FC were playing. Yeah. So we went to see, we went to, we spent a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> because going to American sports is not cheap at all. No, it's you know, not. It's no, crazy it's not. expensive. Um, but, but what a great, what a great atmosphere it was. And they, they're a good team, man. They're, they're, yeah. they're fun. Who do you support? by the way so i am an ac milan fan uh, i'm happy that you went to san siro i still haven't so i'm very i'm envious of that and i and i just and i have like it's weird i always look at inter milan and ac milan as spiritual cousins maybe because we're sharing the same stadium but um that is beautiful though so i, I get the excitement that like even if you're not supporting my or going to see my tv going to san siro which is you know home for both of us but here in new york it's weird like i I'll go to either either team because we have Red Bull in New Jersey, which is not far. I mean, it's a couple tra- it's two trains, really. Uh, but it sounds worse than it actually is. It's about 45 minutes away. And then uh not far from where I live is Yankee Stadium, which is where the NYCFC team play. Okay. But yeah. they're gonna be building grounds, allegedly building grounds, uh about like 15 minutes from where I live now. So okay. um yeah, so I'm I'm kind of impartial. MLS is a league that um, I respect, I admire. I just I don't know. It hasn't since Andrea Pirlo has left Major League Soccer. I've sort of just been like, eh, I'll watch when I watch and I'll catch it when I catch it. Yeah. Um, but I should follow it more because I know, as you mentioned, LAFC is one of the teams to watch and how exhilarating they are. So, and, but you're right, it is quite expensive over here. So it's weird. It's so, weird. <laughs> so um, our ownership group, they are an American ownership group. Okay. And um, they own, or they, they set up um, or took over Phoenix Rising. Yeah, so like, okay, the, late, the women's team. I, I don't know, maybe, yeah, I think they possibly are. But they've they've also got um, a team, a new franchise in the league below the MLS, and it's going to be at Rhode Island. Yeah. They're, oh, okay. They're in the process of like building their new stadium. I think they're opening up in twenty twenty five, maybe. Oh, so, yeah. Cool. It's it's it, so that 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 link that kind of that's exciting for you know a small town Suffolk club to be linked with an American team is eventually who will be on, you know, things will be going on. There might be exchanges, you know, you know, I, you know, I'd be delighted to sort of go and see if we were out that way and go and go and watch a Rhode Island game. That'd be, that'd be pretty, pretty cool. But that, so that's interesting. You know, the whole franchise system is so alien to the UK sports fan. 
it's quite interesting that we're going to get a bit more of an insight into that. See, for me, it's the opposite, where it's the the private the privatization almost is foreign yeah. to me. Like even now, Redbird, who are part owners, I guess, of Liverpool, are also now part of they are part owners of the Boston Red Sox, of the baseball team, but also have a link to the New York Yankees. It's bizarre. There's all there's a lot of money coming from big franchises, and now they've all invested in AC Milan, which is amazing. And I'm hoping that we get some money soon to get a couple of good strikers. But it is interesting to see all this money kind of get pulled together. And now, because in Italy, it's always been privatized. Mm-hmm. And growing up, it was always wealthy Italian guys own teams, and that was it. Similar kind of how I guess it was in the UK as well. But it happened, I, I believe, like before the UK, where like suddenly like the franchise system was coming in, similar to like how it is in America. So I got used to it really quickly. So I always find it weird that like though folks that like yourself that don't like that it's alien and it's foreign. And it's oh yeah, right. There's another way of doing business. And I can't yeah. I actually forget about that myself. So for you, like seeing how this is now a new thing or slightly new thing. How does that make you feel that at any point there could be a merger and acquisition and Ipswich could have, I don't know, Saudi investors and some guy from America. And there's nobody that is English on the board or something along those lines. Uh, So the nobody that isn't English thing doesn't trouble me. Okay. What troubles me is, money obviously regime money potentially um things that we i don't agree with morally that would that would that would put the nail in the coffin for me for sure that would make me switch off like that just because you know it's not worth it I, I i don't think i don't think sport is is worth um sort of compromising your sort of moral fiber for um so that that would be a sort of massive sort of red line or line in the sand whatever just going to mix my metaphors there, but um, yeah. Uh, but in terms of franchises, what what I sort of from the outside looking in, I I would be it would be amazing to like follow a club in your own team, love them, and then all of a sudden them just to be picked up and <laughs> and moved to another city. That just blows my mind. That you that, that the constant threat would just like <laughs> worry me to death. I think. It's it's strange. I mean, in America, we see it all the time, and just across different sports. Um, you, now, the for instance, in American football, the Raiders, which have famous, they were L.A., then they were Oakland, then they were yeah. back to L.A. Now they're in Vegas. So it's it's sort hey. of whoa, yeah. I missed that. <laughs> and, oh, and you want to talk about like a stadium out of Blade Runner? I think they have like one of the coolest stadiums in the world. Cool. Uh, next time when the band comes to the, comes to the Vegas area, go just see the stadium. Um, it's there's like screens on the outside. It's all it, again. It looks like something out of a sci-fi mil- film. Which okay, is cool, fantastic. But it's saving now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty well. That's that was my next thing. Is that yeah? Unfortunately, it's just so damn expensive. But it's it's weird, like yeah, you're right. How that happens, um, you know. Even in MLS, you know, for growing up, the New York, the first New York team was the New York Metro Stars, always played in Jersey, and then Red Bull came in and said, 
you're not the Metro Stars anymore, and now you're Red Bull New York. So it was sort of this, oh, well, what are we a fan of now? Oh, and you're going to still support that team, and that's what happened. Now there's um, the fan supporters have a uh, have a slogan where it's love the team, hate the brand. Okay, yeah. So it's, you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fair, but – yeah, so this is, it's it's weird. It's it's a we're in weird times when it comes to sports, I guess. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, in, uh, the investment is just crazy. Just it blows my mind how how much money is being pumped into the game and, and where it all comes from. Just yeah, it's been you know, it's not it'll boggle your mind to worry about it too much, I suppose. And and for me, it's not. I mean, we're very lucky. It feels like we've. It feels like finally we have the plan as Ipswich Town have a plan have investments that's been put together wisely that there's a thought to everything that's going on there's a sort of ground root and branch ground up approach for it, for it all and it needed to be in place for you know we've missed out on that and then we're just playing catch up a bit at the moment but hopefully we'll be hopefully we'll be out of league one by the time this podcast is released yeah, all right, so cool. that would be really really great now time for a coffee break Curva Mundial is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City. But you can get it anywhere in the world from ModCup.com. Mod Cup, drink modern coffee. Use code Mundial for 10% off your first order. And we're going to venture into my favorite part of the podcast. This is the last part of the series of questions here. Okay. Uh, we're going to play the ultimate fantasy football. Oh, if you could bring back one retired player to your club, alive or dead, a former player of Ipswich, who would it be and why? Oh, bloody hell. Um, uh, there was a very much fan favourite called Maurizio Tirico, who was a right le- well, left left back who um, we, we got from Argentina. You know, when I was growing up, when you usually the, the players you bought were, you know, British. British, British, British. And then somebody comes in who with a bit of like, oh, this is, is, it's kind of exciting, you know, wow, there's somebody from, not from these sort of parts and, and, and that's always great. But he was, he was amazing. He really got into the spirit of the club. Great player, really aggressive, got an amazing shot on him. We sold him to uh, Tottenham actually, and he had a pretty decent career on from there, but he, he was a wonderful player and really much loved by town fans. So he was quite a, yeah, he, he'd he sort of get everybody playing up to his level. You know, he's one of those players that if you had on the field, he just raises everyone's game. Love it. If you could bring back, oh, no, I'm sorry. If your club could sign one player today where money is not an option, the money that we've been discussing about, uh, we don't know where it comes from, but it comes from a good place. Let's put it that way. If you could sign one active player today, who would it be and why? Oh, man. Um, so right at this moment, there's a player who plays for um, Peterborough who's scoring a ton of girl goals called Johnson Clark Harris. And he's he just he, he's like a League One master. And I think if we... It, at, right at this moment, we... Uh, playing really well. I mean, we're not doing anything wrong, but that, that buying him for the for the time now would just, I think, inject so much potential, like firepower, and take it away from a rival. 
So I think that would be like the perfect opportunity just to like switch him up and get him away from Peterborough, who are worryingly in form. And if 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 Ipswich do go into the playoffs, we would probably meet them. Therefore, we would have him, who's basically their their their, their threat. So that just me thinking coyly about it. I like that. I'd go for him, Clark Harris. It's a I like that chess move. That because that's what it's good. It's good. All right. Because I mean, if 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 we brought in someone, say you know, Messi or someone daft like that, I don't think that would help. I you know, I genuinely don't think it would actually do the best thing for the club. It would just be a massive media story, and then it would just fizzle out and be like, oh, that was a waste. (laughs) Sort of like his time at PSG at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, what has been your favorite moment as a fan of this game? Oh, it has to be the 2000 playoff final when when we went up into the Premiership, and I I was it was a great day altogether. It was like an amazing uh, result. We won four two in the final against Barnsley. To go up in the playoffs is is really emotionally draining, and to have to do that, you know, we were one 0 down. We went behind and then we we managed to, to beat them in the end. Um, and it was just a, a brilliant day, a really sunny day at Wembley. You know, it can hardly be beaten. And then after the game, I was like too, super high on the result, had my Ipswich Town kit on. I went across the Wembley way and went into the uh, Wembley arena and watched Pearl Jam. So oh, wow. on, the, on the same day. So I just, it was just the coolest day I could imagine. Oh wow, yeah. that's awesome! That's best awesome. ever, mate. Best day ever. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Good football and, and a pro jam gig. Top it all off. Yeah, you're right. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Ed, thank you so much. Uh, I want to link up when you come to New York. We'll catch one of the New York teams. Um, I'll I'll do like a little StubHub thing. Get that. like pretty inexpensive tickets, and uh, you know we'll we'll go in. <laughs> We're going to enjoy something as, as cheap as we can. Uh, but I hope to see the band soon. I hope to see you guys come across the pond and play some gigs. And thank you again so very much for coming on and uh, for your time and love the chat. Thank you again. Dude, no worries. Thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.